Hi, I'm Sarah Trott, and welcome to the Fourth Trimester Podcast. I'm a new mama, and this podcast is all about postpartum care for the first few months following birth, the time period also known as the fourth trimester. My postpartum doula, Esther Gallagher, is my co-host. She's a mother, grandmother, perinatal educator, birth and postpartum care provider. Fourth trimester care, our topic, is about the practical, emotional, and social support parents and baby require. And importantly, it helps set the tone for the continuing journey of parenting. Sarah Trott, welcome back to the Fourth Trimester Podcast. I'm here with my co-host Esther Gallagher, and we have two special guests with us here today who I'll introduce in a moment. And before I do, I want to remind everyone that we have a website, which is fourthtrimesterpodcast.com, where you can go to see show notes and more information about all of our episodes and including a lot of cool resources like a free birth plan, which you can download and customize for yourself. And we have an Instagram and a Facebook group. So please go and like us on Facebook. We would very much appreciate it. Are we yet publishing our um, transcriptions for people who are deaf? They're being published now. So tell your friends who wouldn't necessarily be able to listen to our podcast that we're, we now have transcripts of our podcasts coming out slowly. Absolutely. <laughs> we're working through our backlog. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm going to introduce our two guests who are here with us on the program. We have Brent Reeder and Mary Ellen Reeder, who are a father-daughter duo and who are here to talk about their story and their journey, helping all kinds of women throughout post-pregnancy and beyond. They have a company called Yarlap. And Brent Reeder is the creator and president of Yarlap. He designs FDA-cleared Class II medical equipment. He's done seven devices personally, including the Yarlap. And Brent is also internationally recognized as a leader in electrostimulation therapy design. His devices are also used by the national healthcare systems of France, Germany, Scandinavia, and Great Britain. And his, yeah, his patents are for patient safety and maximum exercise efficiency. He's also an author and referee for medical and scientific peer review journals. And now also Mary Ellen Reeder is with us and she's the co-director of Yarlap. Mary Ellen spends a lot of time researching and finding out what's new in the pelvic floor world and the social media realm. She strives to empower women through their pelvic floor muscles. She enjoys getting to know her customers through social media and speaking events and inspiring people about why the Kegel exercises in Yarlap are so important. Mary Ellen and her dad have emerged as a leading voice in the pelvic floor and sex tech wellness space due to her passion, her commitment, and her dad's medical publications and creations. So we are absolutely thrilled to have you today. Thank you so much for being on our program. Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we would love to know just the very high level intro as to like how you how you even got involved in this world. <laughs> well, um, thank you for asking. Actually, I have designed a number of medical devices, and uh, some of them are for controlling uh, incontinence, both in uh, for males and females. And um, we knew that there was uh, one of the difficulties with this is that you want treatment in the privacy of your own home. So I pursued taking all of the technology that we've used in our years of providing uh, equipment in Europe and my prescription equipment here in the United States to produce the Yarlap, which is the kind of the culmination of all maybe 20 years of technology to bring a very simple device that's very, very effective 
so that it could be used in the home. That's great, because after all, how many physical therapy appointments can you afford in America, let alone, um, you know, the effectiveness of, of actually following through and doing your exercises? Well, isn't that um, true? That's so yeah. great, because you're right on with that, mm -hmm. because um, one of the greatest difficulties in treating urinary incontinence is, uh, even if you get professional help, is that it's very difficult to go home and remember uh, how to do the exercises. And so you could look at the YARLAP as being probably the um, physical therapist's best friend, because one of the great biggest reasons that uh, women don't return for the second visit is they say kegels are too hard, takes too much time, uh, and they didn't teach me correct. So we allow the person to use the device while they're doing something else, and you don't have to think about it, and it gives you the exact exercise precise for the precise amount of time. Do you, Brent, want to launch into how it does that? I mean, it sounds um, kind of miraculous, I gotta say. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and I can and I can imagine that not only does our sort of uh, focus audience of postpartum women, uh, you know, have a deep interest in this. But I will say as a doula working in San Francisco um, and as a woman of a certain age, that a lot of my clients are transitioning from pregnancy into perimenopause into menopause rather quickly, unlike, you know, when our moms had us, your mom and me, Brent. <laughs> um, right. So, yeah, I understand. So, <laughs> so that that potential gap between these various um, developmental phases is pretty short. Well, I think that I, your observations are matching certainly the data too. That's absolutely correct. Yeah. So I just want to include that for our audience to be thinking about how, you know, uh, if you just happen to have kids a long time ago and you're now peri or menopausal, um, this might be a device for you just because of that as well. So, yeah. Oh, certainly. It's, it would be an excellent device because one of the best things to do is to, a after you've had, you know, uh, a child, you want to um, recover at a pace mm -hmm. that's your own and you want to uh, certainly regain control of your pelvic floor muscles, which includes in, uh, treating any incontinence that might happen, because it's not an inevitable outcome of aging or of uh, childbirth. Uh, you can really take control of your own well-being, and the YARLAP allows you to do it. And mm -hmm. you had asked well, how it works, and basically it's quite simple. It's kind of like in nature, because in nature, we send, when we exercise, we send an electrical impulse from our mind to the muscles. And the muscles then contract and release based on how we tell them with an electrical signal. Well, the YARLAP mm -hmm. just I'm doing a, that right now. <laughs> the YARLAP <laughs> sends an electrical, a mild electrical insult, impulse through the skin and uh, telling the muscles when to contract and relax. And that's the important aspect of autokegel in the YARLAP device. And autokegel is our, the YARLAP trademark. And it allows women just to use the device and turn it on and they can do multitasking. And it tells the muscles what to do for the exact amount of time 
and uh, for the intensity that is the user selects herself. Does your device come with um, any kind of instruction booklet that would address what's appropriate? Or do we rely on women who've worked with a physical therapist to somehow garner a good idea of like whether or not they can turn it up to 11? <laughs> well, actually, yes, it does come with a uh, rather extensive uh, instruction manual. And um, I think that that's part of our efficacy is that it's such a good instruction manual. But of course, it also, we stress that to defer to instruction from women like yourselves who have all this experience. And it really is a marvelous tool for the physical therapist, the doula, or the individual herself. Mm -hmm. That's great. Well, it does sound like a a device that's empowering, right? That gives the actual person a lot of control, which I always love to see in the world. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like our main our main mission is um, obviously to treat urinary incontinence like that, but it's also to give confidence and empowerment back to um, to the woman because we we come across so many customers who come back to us and they're like, you know. Um, it's really embarrassing. I can't laugh with my friends anymore. And do you know like how heartbreaking that is that you're with your friends or you're out, you know, I don't know if you're jumping on a trampoline or not, but we've had some women who are like, I just want to jump on a trampoline again. Or like, I mm -hmm. want to go out, um, to a fitness class and not worry about peeing myself when I do a jumping or jack. Have or, or have like to that. wear a big pad, which exactly makes and it uncomfortable to go to a fitness class. Yeah, exactly. And it's mm -hmm. just it's all about giving, uh, giving that back to back to them, um, and 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 making sure that they're empowered, they're confident, they feel good. That's what's so important is that you get that confidence back, and and you don't feel mm -hmm. like everybody's looking at you or that somebody's going to find out. Um, that's mm -hmm. really important. Well, my little grandson. <laughs> He's not that little anymore, but but I would always get going on the trampoline with him and say, oops, Joran, you know what I have to go do now, right? He always knew because I'd have to go pee. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's nice not to have to interrupt every function. Right, exactly. Because you and have to pee. Yeah, that's, that's our thing. That's our, that's our mission. <laughs> That's so fantastic. I'm curious to know if you have any stats or whatever. So this is our urinary incontinence episode, basically. Like how, <laughs> how common is that for women, like maybe in general, but then also is, as it relates to having a baby? Oh, absolutely. So um, when I actually first got involved with Yara Lab, I was under the idea that literally only my grandmother and like people <laughs> who are grandparents only got this. And then I really dove into reading about it and turns out one in every three women in the United States has this issue. <gasps> wow. Yeah, like, so 33% of the United States, um, like yeah. uh, women in the United States have this. Right. So. And I bet your dad can compare that unfavorably for the U.S. to say France, where women automatically get physical therapy as part of their obstetric gynecology it's, you know, if you have a baby, you get physical therapy afterwards, whether you need it or not, so to speak. So you can imagine in France that those numbers are different. That's brilliant. That's absolutely true. That's absolutely correct. And in fact, the Yarlap sister device is prescribed in France 
for mm-hmm. postpartum care for every woman in France. <laughs> See, <laughs> I, as Sarah knows, um, it's one of my topics on almost every episode. <laughs> Sarah's shaking her head. Well, every episode I'm comparing uh, American uh, gynecological care and healthcare in general to other countries, particularly France. Yeah, uh, I think that the, they, the French know a little bit about love and yeah. uh, things like that. <laughs> and uh, certainly they're very aggressive. I mean, literally within, with, with, within the birth, uh, timing of the birth, a uh, representative will come and talk to them about uh, pelvic floor exercises and mm-hmm. muscle stem. Well, the Yarlap is used extensively. It's uh, mm-hmm. also used in Germany and Scandinavian Great Britain as well. Yeah. Because they so, know that it actually a little bit of money spent now saves mm-hmm. the patient and the healthcare, the national healthcare system, huge amounts of money later on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the uh, an incontinent woman will spend nearly well, I think it was thousand twenty six dollars a year on um, pads and uh, lost laundry. Mm-hmm. And. Let's not put too fine a point on this. All of those pads and, um, you know, adult diapers are polluting the environment. So it's all of a piece. You know, if we take good care of our individual health, we're then also taking care of the environment that our kids are supposed to inherit from us. So. Absolutely. Okay. That's a wonderful point. <laughs> this is like every meeting that I've ever had with my dad. Like this is just, it's just now with more people in it. Is your dad married? I often ask this question as well. <laughs> well, she's trying to just say, you've got me all excited. You're hitting all, I mean, this is exactly correct. Your experience yeah. is marvelous. <laughs> well, I don't have much direct experience, but I certainly have a wide breadth of knowledge in this particular arena. So yeah, I mean, yeah. It's- what is it? There, there was a study that was done a while ago that showed um, women who have urinary incontinence are like are going to are two times as likely um, to get postpartum depression mm-hmm. because they're not sure what's going on, um, and it just kind of it's a psychological thing, and right. and no one's telling so much, them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's just so much that. Um, can be prevented when it kind of comes to this. You're saying that there's one in three women in America who are experiencing peeing themselves, for lack of a better way of putting it, after mm-hmm. they have a baby. It's amazing to me that it isn't. I mean, it's that's really commonplace by the numbers, and yet it isn't really talked about. And so, you know, that kind of goes hand in hand, I think, with like the shame or the depression that someone might feel around it. Like if no one's talking about it and yet it's incredibly common, they feel like, oh, something is wrong with me. And the answer is nothing is wrong with you. Yeah. This is so common. Yeah. And not only is nothing wrong with you, but you actually have a wonderful agency in your own self-cure and support in it you know there's there are ways to get support in all of this yeah no reason to be embarrassed it's how the body works and it's not something that you have to just accept like that's Mm -hmm. I think part of where the depression can come from right it's like oh well I guess now I'm just a little bit broken like Mm -hmm. absolutely not right yeah that's that is so perfect oh it is and that's so right I mean there's so much stigma associated with it that um, it's very difficult often for anyone to bring it up. What they do in the United Kingdom is kind of interesting. 
what they uh, they bring women into a group and then they plant a continence nurse dressed as uh, in her street clothes who will well they're talking about postpartum issues the nurse who's actually part of the healthcare system will raise her hand and say well after my birth i had some incontinence and i just don't know what to do and that opens up the discussion in the group brilliant i love that <laughs> no no laws against uh uh subterfuge <laughs> when it comes to incontinence it's that point that you were bringing up in that they they are empowered by nature to um take care of themselves and you don't have to have anything fancy. You don't have to have anything terribly expensive comparatively. And yeah. uh, you can treat yourself. And there are many positive outcomes to treating your pelvic floor uh, muscle issues and getting better control. Many positive outcomes. So, Brent, let's bring this back around to the electrical stimulation and how that works. And let's, um, because I'm sure that we probably have listeners who think, I'm going to stick something electrical into my yoni. Oh, my God. But let me give you my um, understanding, and then you correct me where I'm wrong. I want to relate this. You were talking about how the brain will naturally send out stimulation to muscles. It's an electrochemical um, uh, feedback system. Yes, that's correct. Many mothers don't realize when their little babies... It, both in utero and in the first three months of rapid growth, when their little babies are having hiccups, it's exactly like that. The brain, the the body is growing quickly. It's setting down muscle tissue, but that muscle tissue is brand new, and the brain has to bring that muscle tissue online. And so it sends these little electrochemical stimulation to that new diaphragm muscle tissue and causes it to spasm by way of getting it exercising and toned. And what that creates in a baby is hiccups. I've never heard it expressed better. Yeah. And it's perfectly normal, natural way to get a strong diaphragm if you're a new baby growing fast. So, and we don't, we don't have any fear of hiccups. You know, I mean, I think some mothers think there might be something wrong with their baby, but it's easy to allay that fear. Like, no, this is exactly what they've been doing in utero. You were aware of it. You could feel it. It's the same behavior. It's not going to hurt them. It's everything's fine. So maybe you can talk about that in terms of our female pelvic floor structure and how it helps heal and recover and tone those muscles and and how you've created this device so that it really is very very safe in that way. Okay. Well, just to revisit what I said earlier, when we send when our mind sends an instructions to the muscles to exercise, it's really a very mild electro uh, electrical impulse that goes right to the muscle. Tells it how long to contract and then how long to relax. And um, so what happens over time is the pelvic floor muscles can atrophy, which means relax from disuse, or they can be um, injured from like childbirth and just need a little bit of re-education. And Yarlap is specifically cleared by the FDA for muscle re-education because it puts that signal for you into the muscle. 
One of the issues about many, uh, if you're trying to do Kegel exercises, which is named after Arnold Kegel, which a lot of people have heard about in a famous uh, book that came out in 1951, the Kegel exercises <clears throat> are great, but you have to be able to, your muscles have to be able to respond. They have to actually receive that signal. Now, over time, if you've had some disuse, muscle disuse or atrophy, um, you won't be able to communicate effectively with those muscles. So you can't actually start doing the Kegel exercises or the pelvic floor muscle exercises effectively. And also, they're a little hard. Uh, don't you find that true in, in, when you're trying to explain to your patients that it's, um, it's a little hard for them to get what exactly that in and up feeling is? Is that true for you? Mm -hmm. It was hard for me to figure it out. It took years of yoga to get good at it. But yes, I think that um, without somebody able to actually do an internal exam and, you know, that's where a good physical therapist would come in. But without being able to actually have somebody help you experience where, when, and how, how much, it can be very challenging to get a good idea of whether you're doing a thorough um, uh, pelvic floor uh, uh, contraction and release. Um, so yeah, it is. It, it is very challenging. Yeah, and so brilliant. it's nice when there's something that can come in and help, you know, from and and we know that this is how all muscle re-education has to happen. It's often the case that it has to come from the outside in at first until those that muscle and that brain manage to remember that they're related to each other. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Because so, no yeah. no exercise is as effect you know is effect it, every exercise is only as effective as its protocol or it's how it's done. Mm -hmm. And if you're mm -hmm. doing it wrong, then you're going to get very little uh, benefit from it. But with the Yarlap, the interesting thing is it tells you how to do the exercise and you don't even have to concentrate. My brother, who is a, a, a neuroepidemiologist, uh, calls it passive learning. You basically learn mm -hmm. while you're doing something else. Yes. And some of us have to learn that way too. <laughs> I'm guilty of that one. <laughs> I like I uh, I know a lot of people who try to do kegels and stuff like that, and I was one of those people who I would have sworn up and down that I was doing them correctly um, until yeah. I used the yar lap, and I was like, well, turns out I have been doing it <laughs> incorrectly my entire life. But good to know that I caught that early on. Yeah, good yeah, for it's you. Just Lucky like you. Squeezing anything you can find, right? Yeah. And you, you kind of hope you're getting it right. My yeah. issue was that I was always one of those people that I learned that you, it's like that feeling of like when you pee and then you hold your pee, yeah, um, which is the most common way it's described. Um, but I, I was doing it wrong. Um, yeah. And using the wrong muscles. Cause if you're using your rear end, you're not doing it right. Right. Yeah. 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 But you'll have a nice toned anus. That is true. That is true. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Yeah. So just some practical questions. So if you think about kind of the timeline of before you're pregnant and then pregnancy and then after you've had your baby, I have questions about each one of those time periods. So for example, if someone wants to use it prior to becoming pregnant, is it possible that they could overuse it and become too tight? Because um, we've had 
a number of physical therapists and um, sort of fitness professionals come onto our program and talk about how, uh, you know, sometimes injury can be caused by be by um, being too tight in general, not just because of kegels, but just over exercise in general. Yeah. Um, and that causing some issues. So that's my question for before. Um, I have a question while you're pregnant, which is what it, is it recommended to use during pregnancy? And is what's the safety around that? And then of course, after you have the baby, I'm just wondering if you have some thoughts on how soon after birth it can or should be used because man, women go through all kinds of different flavors of injury, post-birth injury, or, you know, and they're recovering, right? So like often we've talked about limiting even going on walks around the blocks until, for example, women have stopped bleeding. And so there's a number of considerations of physical exercise. And given this is potentially categorized as an exercise tool, I'd love your thoughts on on that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. those are phenomenal questions. So talking about beforehand, it's really important to train your pelvic floor to not only be able to do a pelvic floor exercise, but also being able to relax. That's really important, um, especially during delivery, is to be able to relax um, the pelvic floor muscle to kind of help ease the process. Um, and that's another thing that the Yarlap is really good in is it actually has six programs, three are exercise and then three are for relaxation and how to teach your muscles oh. to relax. Oh um, my gosh, so, Sarah's yeah. eyes and my yeah. eyes just flew wide open. That's <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Um, so dur- before pregnancy, absolutely. Yarlap is, is great um, to really train the pelvic floor muscles and not only to exercise, but also to relax. Um, and when it comes to working your muscles to a point of fatigue, you you can do that, not with the Yarlap, but that is very possible. We have had women who have said, like, you know, I've done it to the point where, you know, I feel like it's it's making me weaker. Um, but the thing, the great thing about the Yarlap is that it actually has a time setting. So you mm. um, you use it once a day for 20 minutes and it's literally timed out for you. It's not like, oh, um, you can read a book or sit in front of the TV and watch Netflix and forget, you know, 40 minutes later that you're yeah. still doing it. Um, it actually just, it's got a self timer on it. So it, it has all the built-in exercise stuff for you, um, and ready to go. So you can't really, um, work your muscles to fatigue with the lap. Yeah. It, you know, if you're going to do some exercise before, you're going to get pregnant, which is great for planning. Um, mm-hmm. The you want to learn how to relax as well as to use those muscles to push. So the Yarlap is excellent because it's got both relaxation and uh, workout modes. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's probably um, also a really important component for. Um, you know, sort of gaining that sort of self-efficacy and self-agency in terms of experiencing orgasm. You know, I think there's such a thing as being too tight and too loose when it comes to sex sex and enjoying sex. And so um, even if you weren't ever going to think about getting pregnant per se, um, I think the application is just in terms of you know, just getting in touch with one's sexuality and, and, and all of that might be a pretty great application. I'm sure that all of your, this knowledge that you've got has come from also your experience with yoga, because that's what's going on. Very mm-hmm. useful, very wise. Right. So during the pregnancy, um, 
we don't like to interfere with that. We, um, you can also use the Yarlat during pregnancy, but you have to ask your OBGYN, your doctor, your whoever is taking care of you throughout the whole process because that's between you and the healthcare professional, whoever that might be, because we, we don't want to dabble between that. I think that when we talk about women getting this form of healthcare in America, that our audience might like to know that when they go to their OBGYN and say, okay, I'm pregnant, I'm concerned about pelvic floor dysfunction when it comes to being pregnant and then giving birth, I'd, I'd like to investigate the use of this device. And in preparation for that, I'd like to be referred to a physical therapist, that that might be their ticket. Because frankly, OBGYNs are amazing. And the focus that they take is about, um, you know, real physiological dysfunction of pregnancy. So if your blood pressure gets out of whack, your kidneys are a problem, you know, those sorts of um, focuses. Pelvic floor stuff isn't their wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. They understand its importance, but it's not the place where they've learned a lot about how to um, how to examine and, and diagnose. So it might be the best path to know if you're their patient to, to ask for a physical therapy exam by way of getting the stepping stone in the direction of a YAR lab. Um, because I think if you just go in and see your OBGYN, they might just, it might just be a world that they're not connected to per se. That was really well put. So postpartum, right? Mm-hmm. Um, after you do all of that, we strongly suggest that you wait for the six the six week okay go you can exercise um, that checkup. Afterwards, it's really important to take the preventative me- measure of making sure that your pelvic floor is toned and it's and it's reeducated and that it's strong because that can prevent a lot of things like incontinence, like prolapse down the road. Um, and that's the great thing about Yarlip is not only it's, is it a solution for somebody who's, I don't know, who's listening to this and goes, okay, well, I've, I've been peeing myself. I am a mother. Um, and this issue, I had a kid 10 years ago and I, I have this issue. Um, can I still use it? The, the answer is absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. We always get questions. Um, and, and they, I, I love our customers because they are very into bettering themselves. So they're like, okay, here's my information. I had a kid, you know, 10 years ago, it weighed this much. Um, and (laughs) I had this happen and sometimes it's like a disaster story. And Mm -hmm. the question that we always get is, am I too old for this? And the answer is no. Um, you're never too old. It's always early. It's always better to start earlier, um, to have it be a preventative measure than a, than the solution to your problem that's been, you know, messing with your life. And I really mean that there is no age limit. We have an 81 year old who uses the Yarlap and and loves it, and she actually calls us and tells us that it's like the best sex she's had in her life. Uh, <laughs> it's phenomenal. Yeah. She's she's a gem. But so. 
we strongly suggest waiting for like the six week postpartum checkup. Um, the yeah. issue with that sometimes is that they, like you said, they don't really look for um, a lot of the the therapy, the what's going, the wear and tear of everything, right? So mm-hmm. that's where the Yarlet comes in and helps retrain and re-educate. And that's a huge thing is that it helps re-educate your muscles back into strength. So even if like you don't know how to do it um, or you've lost that or you've strained it or you've weakened it, we still have you and we can still train you back to strength. Um, so that's our equivalent to the perineal re-education that we talked about in France. It, specifically what they're checking for at your six-week check is that your cervix is closed and that you no longer have uh, a pathway to infection through your cervix. So it's very important to know for sure at your six-weeks check when you're then going to be putting things in and out of your vagina that that pathway to infection is in fact fully closed and you're no longer bleeding. I mean, I just was with, um, I did a, a seven week postpartum consult with a woman who's still bleeding. And so she, she needs to really do a deep dive into what the cause of that is before and, and rectify that before she uses the ER lap. As an example, right. having having said that, you know, in other words, just because you get to your six week check doesn't mean once you get the okay go, right? The okay that would probably and the, been a better way yeah. to say once yeah. you get the okay go from your doctor, we strongly recommend yes. that you, if you can have sex, you can use a yard lap. In other words, in other words, right? Yeah, and another great thing about the yard lap is that we are able to um, improve sexual experience and performance through muscle control. So mm-hmm. yeah, you're totally right. Once you're good to have sex, uh, you're good to use the R-Lab. Great. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how it works, how, how we use it. So um, we do have a video of it online of how to use it, um, the R-Lab tutorial. Um, but it's really, it's really simple. Um and so, like, you can go to autokegel.info and the video comes up. But we'll definitely give you the link to that so you can find it on the on the blog. But um, the PC stimulator is about the size of your thumb. Uh, it's a little bit wider, and it has um, the electrodes on the side. And then it's connected by a lead wire into something that – I don't know if you guys watch Disney movies um, – <laughs> Like I do, I'm obsessed with Disney movies. Yes, but it, it looks like um, it looks like Eva from Wally. Oh yeah. Oh, I love yeah. Eva. Yeah, I love Wally. <laughs> <laughs> I like, I love that movie. And when I saw it, my first my first thing was, oh my gosh, it's Eva. And so um, so that's what the control unit looks like. And once so you put the PC the pelvic floor stimulator um, into your vagina. And the electrodes face your hips. And then you turn it on and you pick the program that's right for you. So um, we have the exercises, which are one, three, and five, the relaxations, two, four, and six. Um, And all that is also in the instruction manual. Um, And no matter what um, program you pick, the great thing is that some people, no matter what, you'll have 
a positive outcome. Even if you're wrong, you'll still, you'll still have a positive outcome. So you pick the, (laughs) you pick the program that's right for you. And then you pick the MA, the milliamps or the contraction level. Um, and any, that's, that's the brilliant part about Yarlep is that it's so you it's so user specific. So it doesn't matter like um, some people are between twenty and forty. Um, I'm like a I'm a twenty three, but I know a lot of <laughs> other people who are like thirty fives and forty sixes. It doesn't matter what you are, um, as long as you find a smooth, comfortable contraction. And I always say it's kind of like having a firm handshake in your vagina. Like it doesn't nice. hurt. It's just it's just like a at the first time I felt it, I was like, oh, this is different. This is not what I have been thinking a Kegel was going to feel like. Um, so it's a little different, but it you get used to it very quickly and it doesn't hurt. It's just, it's just a workout. <laughs> um, yeah. And the great thing, though, that I really like about it, and I hope they come up with something for, like, abs one day, is that I just <laughs> put it on and it does everything for me. <laughs> But, um, and I still get the results. You're so my girl. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, and and literally it's so easy. That's, you find the, the milliamp contraction level and then it starts the timer for you and it's 20 minutes. And at the end of 20 minutes, it stops and you just take it back out. You wipe it down. You wipe the PC stimulator down and you pack it up in the little case. It comes with a cosmetic case. It's really cute. Um, I helped design it, <laughs> so I might be a little biased. But um, and then you're good for the day. It's 20 minutes, and that's it. And you can do it while you're cooking, or while you're watching TV, while you're reading, before bed, what have you. Um, and you're good to go, and you got your exercise in. That sounds great. Now, I'm just curious because you know it sounds like you you can pretty much do it anytime, anywhere, but. Is there any difference in the kind of stimulation or effects you're going to get if you're, say, cooking versus lying down in bed, uh, relaxing or sitting on a chair reading a book? Like, is there a differential in those choices or is it pretty smooth across all three modalities? Well, since that's kind of a data question, I'll probably answer it. So, um the we found that um, women like to use particularly this massage workouts, which are uh, one the uneven numbers one, three, and five. They like to use that before bed, and mm. you can use those as many times as you'd like. You could use them back to back for forty minutes and things like that. The workout programs once a day, five days a week. Those would be uh, two, four, and six. And those you can do virtually anytime. Um, I th- say probably the most uh, interesting uh, use of it is uh, we have a business executive who reported that she loves to use the Yarlap while she's flying on uh, business flights. She'll Isn't that do- funny? I just keep thinking about airplanes. I don't know why. I don't get to go on airplanes that much, but <laughs> well, she's might a, as she- well, right? <laughs> yeah, she just... Uh, uses it, uh, in, goes to the bathroom, and then comes back and sits down and then uh, has a complete workout and feels great when she gets off the plane. I mean, this is... <laughs> I bet. Yeah, this is uh, what she's saying. We have other women who 
uh, a large number report that they really like to do it while they're cleaning the house or vacuuming. Uh, mm -hmm. We also have, uh, they like to watch TV shows when they're relaxing and they do the workout <laughs> when they're watching TV. That seems to be very popular. Yeah, Netflix for days. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a dream come true? <laughs> so yeah, they, there's uh, there's all different kinds. So You can watch Call the Midwife once a week and make sure that you do your yawn up. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> oh, that would be the best time to use it. <laughs> which, which interestingly is enough, enough brings up another point that probably um, this we're asked this quite a bit, and that is once I um, once I achieve continence, in other words, once I have control, do I have to use it as much as uh, you know while I'm trying to gain it? And of course, that depends on what your personal objectives are and what you have as guidance from a healthcare professional. But you don't have right. to use it as much when you regain continence, and we have some people that use it once or twice a week um, after they've uh, you know they call up and they say how excited they are with uh, how it's treated their incontinence and they're not uh, wetting themselves and there's, they've stopped the leaks and how marvelous life is. But do they have to use it as much? And the answer is no, you don't. Once you achieve it, you can relax. And unless you have, of course, other personal goals that you're going for, which would have to do with like sexual performance and sexual expression. And the difference between those two is sexual performance is goal-oriented, like uh, an orgasm, whereas uh, sexual expression has to do with perhaps uh, flexibility that you might mm -hmm. get from having improved pelvic floor muscles. Nice. Good to know. Oh, yeah, because yeah, that uh, seems to be when they report uh, how pleased they are with uh, stopping their leaks. We also get kind of uh, enthusiastic uh, comments about how... Uh, great life is again uh, while in their personal life. I'm curious if you get uh, questions and feedback from people, from women who are longtime bicycle riders. I know why you asked that question. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Bicycle Rider. <laughs> I, I don't know if we've ever had a bicycle rider. I know that we've had, we have had a lot of like, We've had a lot of runners, a lot of yeah. runners. And we've also had weirdly volleyball players. We had an ice oh. skater. Uh, we've mm -hmm. had a, two or three um, softball players. Um, but I don't know if we've ever had a cyclist. Yeah. But we do, like, we have a lot of um, athletic people who come in and they're like, I, a lot of the women are, um, like, their final straw is like that they can't do, do their sport. Um, mm -hmm. They can't do their sport. It's like you're taking something away from them and that's the final straw. Um, mm -hmm. And they come and they're like, okay, how do we fix it? Yeah. And a lot of them are like, uh, the biggest one is like, I, I'm afraid to do jumping jacks in group <laughs> exercise. Like they, they have yeah. to ask the person who's in charge what day mm -hmm. we're going to be doing like squats um, and jumping jacks because they have to go easy that day mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. from that. And then obviously the runners and stuff like that. But I don't know if we've ever had a cyclist. We've had weightlifters. Yeah. You're going to. <laughs> <laughs> weightlifters, yeah, I could see that would be oh, a yeah. thing. Oh, you, yeah. Uh, you know it, no. don't you? There's a lot of strain there. Not, I'm not joking, actually. I'm not being No, funny. no, no. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, no, it's, I... 
Yeah, we have we've had a couple of weightlifters. Um, also, the um, those those intense training, really intense training, like taking tractor tires and moving yeah. them across a field and things like this. this is really <laughs> things I can't ever even I mean, start to do. Right, and these, well, these are like five feet tall women. I mean, they're amazing yeah. athletes, and of course, yeah. that gets into it. But they're going into it from a cultural a culture that denies that they have a pelvic floor, denies that there would be any interest in having a pelvic floor and ignores the fundamental nature of those muscles and how they relate. So, you know, I can imagine there would be a lot of scary things that could happen if you're, you know, you're otherwise very strong and have a pelvic floor that's not functioning properly. There was actually an article um, from one of those places that does intense training about incontinence. And I was so excited when I clicked on it because they I know that their athletes really suffer from it. Their female athletes really mm-hmm. suffer from it. And the the fr- the like the first thing that they said was that it's super normal. Don't worry about it. Keep training. And my jaw dropped because I was like, that is the worst advice I have ever read. You're putting all that pressure on muscles that don't have the appropriate tone. That repetitive, uh, that repetitive motion and impact. Yeah. is just, you can, you can treat it. So why are you denying them that those resources? Not only that, but those, all those muscles of the lower core and the pelvic floor they are supporting all of your pelvic organs. Precisely. So if you're putting if you're putting pressure on those organs which can't support themselves, they need those muscles to be toned and in the proper place. Oh my gosh, like that's not just bad for your bladder, that's bad for your kidneys, your liver, your adrenal glands, your everything. Oh your yeah. Guts. And- and, and they also, uh, your pelvic floor muscles are integral to how the weight is transmitted through down through your body, through your spine to your heels. And if yeah. your pelvic floor muscles become weak, the uh, back muscles try to compensate and they eventually have back pain and then your thigh muscles. And in fact, it's kind of like a collapsing Gothic arch and you can yes. wind up with the knee pain. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful image, a collapsing yeah. Gothic arch. Right. Well, when a, when a Gothic arch collapses, it um, goes it goes out right about where your hips would be for most fractures. Mm-hmm. And the inside of the arch then collapses inward at your knees. So you'd have knee yeah. pain particularly. So the pubic bone. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really quite fascinating. In fact, we have some qualitative Ooh. data on it that indicates uh, just that. And we also have a lot of women that report um, they have uh, incontinence comes, uh, excuse me, they have unexplained back pain and unexplained knee pain when they're seeing their physical therapist before they become incontinent. So these are kind of, the, what you just said was brilliant. You are all interrelated. These all, everything functions together. You're exactly right. Mm-hmm. I know a thing or two. <laughs> yeah, like this is phenom- This is our tribe. Oh, and I was going to say, yeah. horseback riding is. We oh, got a lot of horseback. Yeah. Riding. Yes, a lot of horseback. Me too. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, I guess that's probably the closest thing to bicycle riding. Well, it's the repetitive mm-hmm. motion. It's the yes. it's like the like the long distance runner that impact. Yeah, that impact. In fact, collegiate female athletes have a very high incontinence rate. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. So interesting. Well, there might be one thing that people might be interested in, and that is the Yarl app doesn't record your user data. (laughs) Yeah, I think a lot of women might be interested to know that when you have the Yarl app, nobody's going to disclose your user information to anyone because it's It's not going to show up on Facebook or something. Thank you. Thank you, Brent. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's wonderful to hear that that data remains private. Yeah, it's once away from us. It's all you. Let me just say that I wouldn't care who knew. (laughs) But that's the kind of girl I am. Like, I don't care who's looking, but we know a lot of people. I'm using my AR lap right now. Right? Facebook status. Yeah. And to be clear, it's not recording data in the first place. Is that right? That's right. So it's a it's had a lot of discussions with the FDA on this because there's certainly things that I could do. We could record data, we could transmit data, so you could have wireless communication. But when it really comes down to it, patient confidentiality and safety are the things that are most important. The Yarlap is a closed system, so nobody can be in, nobody can invade and see what you're doing. And uh, it also gets around a lot of issues that might be associated with uh, transmitting that data where you have to have lots of power close to uh, uh, your vagina, which you don't want to do. Right. Yeah. Cool. So you don't have to worry about data being shared because there's no data to share. So that's a great, a great little tidbit. Thank you for letting us know about that. Um, I also wanted to talk about um, a wonderful offer that you have generously decided to extend to any listeners who are interested in trying a Yarlap themselves. So I understand you're interested in giving listeners of the fourth trimester podcast $25 off. If they go to yarlap.com and they make a purchase using a code, which is fourth trimester podcast, all one word. So thank you so much for that. Is are there any other special instructions that go along with that? No, just go um, to yarlap.com. Uh, when you buy it at checkout, it has a little promo code. Just type in fourth trimester podcast. It'll take it off automatically, the $25. And shipping is free in the United States. So you're good to go. And I just to circle around. Now, people don't have to have a prescription for this, correct? Yes, we're over the counter. Great. Woohoo. Yeah, so just go online and you can get it. And we're FDA cleared for over the counter. I'm your next customer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Well, thank you so much. And if you want to learn more information about the product or about Mary Ellen or her dad, Brent Reader, you can go to yarlap.com. You can also follow them on Instagram at yarlap underscore OTC or on Facebook at yarlap OTC, all one word. And then you could also look at their blog posts as well, which are all really wonderful. So there's a, a lot of content out there so you can read and learn more if you want to go ahead and do that. So thank you so much, Mary Ellen and Brent. Thank you so much for having yeah, us. It was you. really great to talk to you guys. Oh, it was super fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, I always love it when we can give our listeners some real practical, not just physiological, but social emotional support 
And I feel like you're you and your product combined are just exactly that. So thank you very, very much. Well, thank you. That was really nice. Thank you so much. You can subscribe to this podcast in order to hear more from us. Thank you for listening, everyone. And I hope you'll join us next time on the fourth trimester. The theme music on this podcast was created by Sean Trott. Hear more at soundcloud.com slash Sean Trott. Special thanks to my true loves, my husband, Ben, daughter, Penelope, and baby girl, Evelyn. Don't forget to share the fourth trimester podcast with any new and expecting parents. I'm Sarah Trott. Goodbye for now. Hello again, bicycle man I know you're doing all that you can I wrote the song, simple and true I wrote the song, I'll sing a song for you You got your wheels, you got your gears you ride around town without any fear You got your pedals, you got your brakes You always wear your helmet for safety's sake song I sing a song for you